Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Still in Motion podcast, where we talk about dance and dance photography from both sides of the camera. I'm Catherine. And I'm Jonathan. And this is a really big episode for us. It's right? episode 10. Yeah. And the last one of 2019. Yeah. That's so I got crazy. really excited at episode eight. Remember that? And you were like, it's only episode eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, two episodes later now, you can actually yeah, celebrate. actually episode 10. <laughs> oh, man. So how are you reporting from the Arctic in your winter? I'm really cold. <laughs> so I got home last night and... Our living room was not that cold. It was kind of like a normal cold. First off, our windows don't really seal. So sometimes it just feels cold. But I got to my room, which is normally actually really warm. There's kind of this problem in New York. I don't know if you have this in D.C. where most tenants can't control their heat. Um, So when it gets to be really hot in your room in the winter, you just open your windows. Like it's not great for the environment. But oh, well. (laughs) But I got to my room and it was just like freezing in here. And because my windows don't seal, it was the same temperature inside as outside. So I like texted my roommates and I was like, is anybody else having this problem? And they were all like, yes, our rooms are really cold. So last night I slept under like six blankets and I wore my winter coat and my hat and a sweatshirt and two pairs of pants. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And it was just really cold. Um, And so here I am sitting in my winter coat with a candle. Holding a candle, a single warm. lonely candle, and it's because you all can't see this, but yeah, yeah, um, that's terrible. So, what is the process then for you? Do you just tell your landlord, and hopefully they get it fixed soon. Yeah, I called the manager, and he said that he had called a plumber, and then I fell back asleep, and then I texted him again, and I was like, "Today, like, is, is the plumber coming today? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> or is this going to happen just someday? Um, because it's like." maybe 15 degrees outside and it's definitely 15 degrees inside too um mm-hmm. it has to be fixed like now it's really yeah. cold i mean at least you still have power so you can like get some tea going and some hot yeah. beverages and stuff like that i could go buy a space heater but my room's so hot most of the time i don't want to do that for like a day that it's cold you know as soon as we finish this i'll probably go to a coffee shop or something oh. <laughs> i almost recorded this somewhere else that would have been funny. A lot of background noise in a coffee shop. <laughs> well, thank you for Where your commitment you? to this podcast. I really <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It. <laughs> it's all for our listeners and good sound quality. <laughs> How are you doing? What's up? Um. Okay, my body is still really feeling it. And it's weird because we're recording this earlier in the week. So normally we record this on Sundays and we're recording this on Thursday because of the holidays. So this is our last episode for the year before we start traveling and all that stuff so not much has happened since we talked so we were both trying to figure out what we were going to talk about uh but i'm almost done teaching for the year today is my last day of classes so that's really exciting and it's just nice that as things wrap up um one of the perks of teaching at studios is um, a lot of kids will come and give you holiday cards with gift cards and stuff like that so i've gotten so many panera and starbucks and target gift cards it's kind of great and, you know, like random candies and stuff like that. So that's been nice. That's exciting. And I'm excited to have next week to rest. And I think I'm going to actually maybe even try to send my camera in to get clean. So then I am not going to be dancing or taking pictures. And I just have to force myself to rest for a little bit. Besides that, I think there are a couple projects I also want to use this time to start brainstorming about. And just kind of help myself recharge because... It's been a really crazy fall. And 2019 in general. 
Yeah, that too. But I yeah. generally like I'll <laughs> I kind of live like month by month, and so just yeah. like the this past month has felt pretty crazy. Although I guess yeah, every month is just always crazy. I just only think about the most recent month. Yeah, some years though I feel like it's New Year's, and I'm like, wait, it was just New Year's, but this year it feels like it was like forever ago. I can't even remember last winter. Are there any um, highlights that stand out to you for this past well, year? Given that I can't remember the spring, <laughs> <laughs> um, probably nothing happened in the spring. Bates was really big for me. Super fun. I mean, that's how all of this got started. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, and then October was when we started this podcast. Uh, th- yep. So that was a big month. <laughs> so really, we're just going to base our lives off of this podcast now. Yep. And then, you know... Uh, I feel like this year I have a lot of stuff coming up in the new year, like two shows and the Bates winter intensive, which I'm like gearing up for and stuff. So it's kind of like it's felt like this fall has been mostly about preparing for things in the winter, like rehearsals and stuff. And like not a ton has happened. Oh, except my like entire new job in Connecticut. That whole thing happened this fall. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So there's been a lot. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of just like random things coming and going i think is this the first time you've presented your own work or have you done this before i know you're like for your january show it's uh the second well okay in college i made a lot of my own work that i took to like acda conferences and stuff but that doesn't really count because it's in college so the first piece that i made in new york was like a 30 minute piece called this is the place that i presented at the tank last December and then I presented an excerpt of that at Triskelion Arts like a couple months before so this is technically the second piece that I've made and this one's a little shorter it's like 20 minutes was your first piece a solo no it was a trio okay and this is a a trio again right yeah with uh one well I'm in it again and so one new person the first piece I made had a lot of people in it that sort of like some left and some new people came um, so it was really collaborative, but we ended up using material that other people had made and then they left. Oh, you know? gotcha. So it was like kind of confusing how many people were actually in it. Um, <laughs> this one's been a, it started as a duet and then I like put myself in it. And so then it became a trio. So when you were in college was once you decided to become a dance major, mm-hmm. was choreography something that you were always focused on? Or was that something that came up maybe later in your school career? Um, at Colby, it's kind of impossible to be involved in like the theater and dance department without making your own work. That's like at the center of what they focus on. Um, besides like taking the dance technique classes, which there's only like two of, and then you basically repeat them again and again and again. Um, the only way to like continue towards the major would be to take choreography one and choreography two, and then an independent study where you make your own work. And like all of the shows more or less are student work. And like when we go to conferences, we only bring student work. So I kind of didn't have a choice and I I was interested in it. But yeah, I, I didn't really have another like possibility. There wasn't a lot of being work. Well, if I was going to be in other people's work, it was other students work. We didn't have the opportunity really to have like, well, we would occasionally have guest artists come, but it wasn't like one of those schools. Like I'm thinking Rutgers or maybe even Muhlenberg, where you have like a lot of guest artists coming in and you're in all kinds of other people's work. We didn't really have that. Yeah, well, yeah. because um, like at Maryland, like you have to take 
choreography class at some point and you know there's a student showcase um but like for me I created a few works when I was in college but then after I left I had no desire to continue that and so it just kind of dropped off for me so I was just curious like yeah. how how you came about to well choreographing I found your own work. like being in New York that it's not that easy to just get in other people's work mm. like people typically cast their friends and stuff and it can be like kind of clicky feeling like how did these people get in this piece oh they must have just known each other and I mean here I am making a piece with two people who I just know so I'm doing the same thing <laughs> um but I sort of felt like if I wanted to be performing and in work in New York the best thing to do was just to make it myself gotcha rather than like waiting around there aren't really like auditions for like smaller collaborative pieces How's your, uh, how are the rehearsals coming along for your show? The rehearsals are good. I guess I just haven't been dancing barefoot for a while because whenever I teach, it's always hip hop. So I'm always wearing shoes. So the bottom of my feet have lost all toughness. Oh. So, and there's this one particular section that we've been exploring where um, there's a lot of footwork going on and a lot of fast shifting of weight. And so I discovered I use the outside of my big toe a lot, apparently, because I have two perfectly symmetrical giant blisters on the outside of my big toe and so it kind of hurts to walk right now um so even when i was teaching i was like sitting on the back of my heels i would like stand a lot be like okay great now do that and i'll just watch because like it hurt to walk it hurt to like plie because my legs are sore so uh, my body's a mess we have one more rehearsal tomorrow and then we're on break until january nice you can Um, recover yeah, but then I'm going to go through the whole thing again when we get back in January. So um, we'll see. <laughs> I have to figure out something for my body. With the feet in particular, though, it's hard because that just takes a lot of reps on Marley and a lot of, you know, to turn those into calluses. So my feet will probably go through this again. But I'm going to hopefully work out so at least my body isn't quite so sore. I wish there was like some sort of way to like prepare your feet for this kind of thing. Like not dancing with the equivalent of like lifting weights or something but like building calluses some sort of like small little piece of marley you could buy that you then just (laughs) just like like slide your barefoot feet on for like a couple hours a day i don't know it seems like you're just torturing yourself it's torture but it's building up calluses so that you can rehearse and not have your feet bleeding all the time other than that is good we actually have a lot of material now the choreographic process is so fluid you know we for Mm -hmm. all i know all the stuff we created right now none of it's going to make it into the final performance so yeah we'll see how it goes do you like working in a process like that in in a process like what sorry can you what do you mean like where you might be working on something that just is not in the piece or like collaborative sort of where you don't really have any clarity of like this is going to be the beginning like i don't know last Last week, we talked all about Nutcracker and stuff, and it's really the opposite of that. Like, as someone who grew up being in Nutcrackers, where you're like, this thing that I'm learning is Clara's Dance with the Prince. But now the kind of pieces I make are very similar to the way you work with Orange Grove of, like, make this duet. Oh, that's not a thing. We're going to turn it into a solo. You're going to do something else. Like, very ambiguous. And some people love it, and some dancers hate it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll admit it's a little... It's a little frustrating sometimes when you spent, I don't know, three long rehearsals working on this solo or duet or trio and you like it, but then you find out in like two weeks, oh yeah, uh, that doesn't really fit anymore. So we're just not going to use it, Um, you know, because you put in a lot of work and those discoveries, I think, are important because they help 
guide you toward the final product but you know mm-hmm. but then uh, but you put so much work into that you like i don't want to just leave it um but i do enjoy it being collaborative um and i think you know th- for things like nutcracker where you're learning choreography like the choreographer went through that same process where they you know created something they threw it away they created it they tweaked it you know and yeah, they finally got to that. the solo right so um I do like just learning choreography because that's way more efficient for a rehearsal process. Yeah. You know, like as, as far as like, you know, like you just learn it and then it's done instead of having to take the time to discover it with people that just takes longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do enjoy being a collaborator in the process and yeah. um, finding what it's easier to then make the movement uh, my own. Mm-hmm. and owning the movement i think when you've been part of the process to create it yeah and i just feel like when you're collaborating with a lot of people like that like the movement will be more varied and complex than if it's just a choreographer alone like trying different versions of something so even if it like is i don't know like a frustrating process i feel like the we're ultimately making something that's going to be more developed or unique in some way Mm-hmm. So I like that. But this is reminding me, <laughs> small story. In college, we had like a, very few dancers who came into the school with um, prior dance training. Most of the dancers had never danced before and were just, you know, doing a dance major the same as like you would do any other major where you don't have to like have lifelong training to do a major. You can take the classes you need. So they would come in uh, without a lot of dance experience. And because all of the dances were made really collaboratively, the dancers who could make a lot of material really fast would a lot of times make material that the non-dancers would then learn. And then the dancers who made the material would end up doing something else that was way more boring, but required their ability to like improvise. So very frequently I would make like a really epic solo that would get taught to someone who had never danced before. And then I would have to do some like crawling pattern with like (laughs) other people because I was able to like stay present in something like that. And this would drive the dancers like crazy, but it was kind of like, it made stronger pieces. So it kind of taught you to like really be a team player and that like that thing that they made, you actually made uh, and the audience doesn't know it, but like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I try to not do that so much in my own process because I know how frustrating it is. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, there's definitely something to be said for having to learn someone else's movement because then you're doing someone else's habits instead yeah. of when you're helping create the work, a lot of your own habits will creep into that choreography. Mm-hmm. But I will say like with Orange Grove Dance, the directors are really good about only using that collaboration as a base and then they will tweak it and manipulate it to really fit their vision for the work. So actually, it's something that I'm really struggling with and I think why... Um, I have blisters on my feet is we started with an exploration where there's a lot of footwork and because I do so much house, I have all of these built in habits and ways of shifting my weight and moving my body. And even though the patterns are similar to house, the way they want me to move my body and accent the music is very different. And so while I'm doing it, I have this like huge internal struggle of like, I want to do it this way, but uh, like, you know, so the, it's actually, it's really hard for me right now. Um, and <laughs> when we were learning, when we were creating it, it was such a struggle is definitely going to be an interesting process. I, this one, I, for sure. I really hope that we don't throw out because I've been working on it for so much. <laughs> trying That to one not, section. Yeah. <laughs> that better be in the final piece. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any holiday plans? 
You're going back to Virginia, right? Yeah, going back to Virginia for a few days, and then we're going to Disney for New Year. Oh, where it's nice and warm. So fun. I'm um like obsessed with Disney World. <laughs> My family grew up kind of like going every couple years as a family, um, and I think a lot of people sort of think like, oh, it's for kids. At some point, you like grow out of it but i feel oh, like no it's definitely for adults i go it's for <laughs> adults right because kids have to nap and stuff and adults can do the full day while just drinking coffee and make it through but it's so like i was at disney world last february for that baton twirling competition and it's like so detailed you know like everything like as soon as you enter the park it's not the same as it is outside of the park but every detail is like different based on different lands you're in it's super cool and as someone who's like interested in immersive performance and scenic design it's super fun and the uh, ride i never cool, even thought about it that way know? just like the little detailing on the trash cans that's like similar to like the font on the menu like you know it's so crazy really well thought through <laughs> and this is gonna be a bigger year because it's 2020 so yeah. there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on i'm sure yeah so what's actually happening is um my birthday is on December 28th, so we have Christmas, and then my whole family, so me and my sister and my parents are going to Disney for our birthday, I guess. And then my sister likes spending New York, uh, New Year's in New York um, to like go to parties and stuff. I would much rather spend New Year's in Disney World with my parents, so she's leaving early uh, to come back to New York, and then we're staying for a couple extra days. Nice. Um, yeah. I'm excited. And then I'll come back to New York um, on the 5th. And then the Bates intensive starts on the 6th. So it's going to be crazy. What are your plans? I'm trying to just rest. I'm not traveling. I'm actually house sitting for my parents because they're going somewhere. <laughs> so uh -huh. I'll be at their house watching all of our dogs, which I'm actually really excited yes. about because I have no pets with me right now. And we have three do uh, three dogs now. Sorry, it, it changes a little bit sometimes. Uh, oh, no, there we four dogs because they're dog sitting for someone else while they're gone. So I'll be dog sitting for them. So there will be four dogs for me to play with for like five days. I'm really that's excited. Great. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't clean your cameras. You can take lots of photos of them. No, that's too much work. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> just going to like sit on the couch with them all day <laughs> and maybe edit. Um, I, well, I, and well, actually, there is... um. One thing I, I need to start doing research for, uh, I got asked to potentially teach a mobile photography class for ACDA at Maryland this spring. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So, but I want to um, start researching different accessories that you could potentially use, like moment lenses or other mm -hmm. things like that, where, you, you know, if you're only using a phone, what are ways you can do to make the image better? Yeah. Um, besides, you know, obviously there's the whole, you know, know where the, where the light is, you know, get control of your shutter speed and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm curious about, you know, exploring that. Um, so I want to actually try and contact uh, Moment and figure out if there's a way to partner with them. Because I personally would never use them because I have a good camera. So um, I want to see if they can, if, I, uh, if there's some deal I can work out with them. Yeah. And because I would also be promoting their product a little bit, you know, if I end up doing this. So that would be really fun. Yeah. I just don't know anything about that and how to work with companies. So I have to do some research. I have some friends who are more in that world and I'm going to talk mm -hmm. to them and just start figuring out logistics for that because it's that's the Saturday actually of Orange Grove's show 
if I do teach okay. the class, which is going to be kind of crazy. So it would be like teaching the class Saturday morning, then go to the theater and perform. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't have as much time once the spring actually gets here to plan the class if it happens. So I need to start laying some groundwork totally. now. Right. Um, but I'm really excited about that if it does happen. Um, cause then I also want to start turning it into a, like a video series on YouTube with just mm -hmm. different, like different, uh, pieces of tech that I use as a dancer. So whether that's portable speakers, portable lights, you know, lenses to help your phone camera, you know, if you can't afford a full DSLR, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so I want to use the winter holiday period to kind of start planning those things. Oh, and I, I actually a big goal for 2020 is I want to get the business aspects of my photography more solidified. Uh, so things like something I'm really bad about is contracts and um, waivers and like model releases and all of those things. And I really want to get better with those. So I want to also, if I can, over the winter break, like really sit down and write out those things that I need mm -hmm. and have them ready. So next time I'm at a gig, I have them ready to go and I can just email them to the client be like, hey, here's the contract, here's the photo release or you know whatever it is. And because um, I haven't been doing that because it's always been mostly word of mouth so people already know. But now I'm actually starting to get to the point where I'm working with people I don't know. And mm -hmm. so I just want to make sure if I were to, if I use, if I want to use like the pictures for my photography class that I, I'm starting to teach or things like yeah. that, you know, that I just have the permissions to do that. So I don't have to worry about possible future legal getting sued or whatever it is. Yeah. I definitely yeah i want to do something similar i just want to make sure that things are like a little bit more formal like rather than just sending someone an email and being like oh headshots are x amount of money like if i could send them like a price sheet that looks really nice <laughs> it just feels like you know everything's a little bit more legit i want to like get some of those documents lined up we've like maybe touched on this sometimes but um it's a really touchy subject for a lot of people when it comes to like if you work for an organization and then you sell photos to the dancers, have we talked about this? Uh uh. How like panicked people get? It's a really funny. So like I like work the for organization. Gets the organization gets really panicked. The dancers don't. They just want their photos. So like if I work for a venue, and I take photos for free for the venue, then the way I make money is that I put the photos on my Pixie Set website, and then the dancers who were in the shows and the choreographers they buy them like exactly right. what we did at Bates. Uh huh. But. The organization gets them for free because they have like a low budget. But the organization, like this has not just been one place. This has been like three, which is sounds like not a lot, but it's kind of a lot that of all the dancers have been contacting me being like, I really want my photos. When can I buy them? And the organization has been like, I'm so afraid that if we if we sell the photos, it, we're going to like ruin relationships. It's a really, really touchy subject. I sure you, I'm sure you understand. It's like, really, there's a lot that could go wrong. And I'm kind of like, wait, what could go wrong? I have a photo that <laughs> is of them and I'm not publicly selling this in a gallery. I'm literally like selling it to them, their picture because and they're contacting you to buy the pictures already contacting me because they want it and I have it and they're willing to pay for it. And nobody works for free. Like, I have an item that they want to purchase from me. Like, every time I try to, like, act, like, sympathetic. Like, oh, yeah, it's a really hard thing. And I'll give you, like, the time that you need to figure it out. But, like, this happened on Monday because I went to a um, 
like a holiday party for an organization I work for. And I ran into somebody there who works at another organization that I work for. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I haven't sent you the email addresses yet for all of the artists in that show. We're just like really concerned about like making sure everything is like smooth and how it happens. And like, if it comes from, uh, I don't know. And I pretend that it's, I totally understand, but honestly, I don't really know why it's such a struggle. Well, and is this something that you, so with the organization, do you, uh, before the show starts, is that part of it? Like you already agree that you will sell the images to the performers or it just, it happens afterwards? This, um, this one time it happened afterwards, which I see why it could maybe be the pro- be a problem, but I didn't know how many dancers were in the show or like what it was. And I wasn't planning on selling them to them because I was already getting paid by the organization. See, that's the different part. Gotcha. If I'm working for the organization for free, it's uh, we have discussed beforehand that I will sell them to the dancers because that's the only way for me to make any money off of it. But this one, I was already getting paid by the organization quite a lot to shoot their show. So I didn't even consider selling them to the dancers. Um, but I was working for the organization, so I also didn't expect them to like send all of the photos to all of the dancers. Um, but then when I posted them on Instagram, that's when everybody started contacting me and asking, how do they get them? And then I was like, I don't know if I can send them to you. And then we got in this whole conversation. It's just been like complicated since then. This show was months ago and like people still don't have their photos, you know? Uh, yeah. But I guess in this particular case though since the organization was the one that hired you they actually paid you so Mm -hmm. they are the ones that have the rights to the images no i don't think so um because they didn't pay me like enough for that i think they have the rights to the images for their personal use but they don't have the right to then distribute them further uh did you have a contract with them for this I mean, we emailed about all of this, but again, this is the problem. I don't have like a formal contract that I send to everybody. But I mean, spelling it out in email is kind of, I mean, it's makeshifty and not the best, but it is in writing. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I agree with you that like contracts are important because stuff like this happens all the time and it's like, it shouldn't be this complicated. Yeah. I mean, it's just as you get more and more business and you get bigger you realize you know there are things set in place to help businesses but they're just a pain to set up because yeah i mean contracts for sure are sound like such a pain for me but i realize like that is really important as a business owner in case anything ever comes up where i can go back to the contract and be like no we agreed on this like sorry contracts are good basically a long time ago i had a subletter and we had a contract between me and her that basically said she was going to act as a full tenant. Um, and I kind of learned through that whole experience that, like, even if you have a contract, things are more complicated than that. You know, even if it's a signed document, even if it uh, has everything spelled out, like having an email with a client where you say all of this needs to happen and you can refer back to the email versus having a contract that you can look back at. Ultimately, like they're both based on trust, right? That like they're going to look at that document and they're going to actually do what it says once you show them that that's something that they had promised, right? Right. But I think I guess the difference but is they for might not. <laughs> right. But I think the whole point of a contract, though, is then in case it ever gets into a legal dispute, that is your support. 
But in a legal dispute, I think agreement over email. I'm just basically playing devil's advocate at this point. <laughs> Contracts are good. But I think if it came down to it, having an email could also work. But I also hope that I would never have to get in like a crazy legal situation and like go to court over like some photo, right? But yeah, for hey. sure. No, same. Do you want to do your discovery of the week? Yeah. Okay. So that's a great place to kind of, I think, end this episode. We're just, it's been a shorter period, so we have less to talk about. Um, maybe we, the- maybe the discovery of the week for both of us should be that everything we talk about in this podcast happens on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. And so we, we really need to record on, Thursdays, on Sundays. <laughs> we have nothing to talk about. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's actually a very good point. We should keep that in mind next time. <laughs> literally when we opened up this uh recording we were like so wait what are we talking about <laughs> nothing's happened yet yeah <laughs> but also a lot's happened but i just don't register it until i like reflect on the week on saturday i think is what happened okay my discovery of the week is really funny and kind of silly but uh i was on youtube yesterday while while i was editing on lightroom um and this just came up as one of my like suggested videos but Wired has this YouTube video with um, Sesame Street puppeteers, and they talk about how they how they manipulate their individual puppets. Because some of them, they're like, they're um like your hand is in it, and you have wires to control the limbs. Other ones, like your hand goes into the puppet, and they are like the actual hands. And then things like Big Bird, you like are wearing the costume with like one hand moving the mouth and another hand moving like the hand, and there's like a wire contraption on like the thumb to move the other hand it's so cool but actually what i really thought was interesting was um when they have things like like elmo where you have like wires or you like um each hand is controlled by a wire and you only see like the the torso part of the puppet right so mm-hmm. all of the puppeteers are sitting on the ground with like their arms up in the air and then they're looking down at the floor on a monitor so that they they can see what where the puppet actually is in the space and then they're all sitting on these like rollers. So as the puppet is like quote unquote walking, they're really like sliding across the floor and like bouncing their arms to make it look like they're traveling through space. That's so cool. Yeah. And then whenever they were talking about how there's a group scene where it looks like the puppets are all just like side by side. If you look underneath, all the puppeteers are like crammed together in this like contact improv dance because they all have to like get into the same space but they're all on these rollers and they're all like they all have to like manipulate their puppets a little bit differently it's so cool it's like it's its own like choreography that is just like but they're they're improvising it a little bit as they're filming you know so like it's just it was just yeah. um as a mover i was like oh that is so cool yeah and i never even thought link. about it okay send me I the link and i can put it in the podcast description so everybody can check it out <laughs> okay cool <laughs> yeah it was just it was just fascinating like i loved it ready for mine mine yeah. is also kind of funny but more related to photography <laughs> um so i was at um the like arts organization arts nonprofit organization where i work and we recently hired like an assistant i guess she's technically my assistant but we were trying to um we realized we needed to be posting more on social media because we post like a like once a month, which isn't really enough. <laughs> um, so we, the, there's a different person who posts on Instagram. So anyway, we decided that we were going to make like a Google folder of a bunch of photos from like over the years as we like lead up to the new year. And we have a campaign opened and kind of like a big push. 
So we had like the Google folder of photos and then a separate document with um, uh, like who's in the photo, who took the photo. But it was a lot of different, a lot of the photos were mine because I take photos for them, but a lot of them were like other people's photos. So I told our assistant, I'm going to be working on this other thing, but when you need to know who took which photo, let me know. And she was like, oh, I know who took which one. I was like, is it, this is before I started putting my initials in my file name. So I was like, wait, how do you know? And she's like, oh, I can just definitely recognize your photos. So like we've talked before about like if you have a certain style or like a recognizable way of taking photos. And I was like, wait, how how, how can you tell? Tell me, like, what are you using to tell? <laughs> and she would look at different photos and some were like, you know, floor reflection, like up close. And I was like, I kind of can tell. But then others weren't. They were just like full space dance move photos and she was like yeah I don't know how I can tell but I know this one's yours <laughs> so huh, it was kind of a funny discovery that maybe we already have a recognizable style and we just don't know it because we're the ones taking the photos oh that's awesome yeah all right well wow that wraps it up for 2019 everyone um yep. we hope you've enjoyed these first 10 episodes and I'm excited to see what happens next year and as we keep talking but you can always Email us at stillinmotion at, well, stillinmotionpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or things that you want us to talk about. You can also follow us on Instagram, stillinmotionpodcast. Follow us on our personal accounts. Catherine's is Catherine, but wow, wait, Catherine.butler. Did I get that right? I haven't yep. had to say this part of the ending in a while. That's K A T H R Y N dot Butler. And mine is JSU Media, J H S U Media. And thank you to Shannon McConnell for making the amazing music that's at the beginning and end of each episode. And Amanda Blythe for our graphic design. And that's it. See you next year. See you in 2020. Whoa, that's so crazy. Bye. I'm going to go warm up now in a coffee shop.